0: everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of notable nashville podcast you just heard the smooth stylings of james corona so james thanks for joining us today yeah how's it going man pretty good man um it's a good sunday here in nashville well the weather's not that great but it's, oh, yeah, it's uh, actually really shitty out <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> That's uh, not too bad foggy and and rainy but um man how, how have you been uh throughout this uh this past couple years with uh i'm sure as as a musician you've received some setbacks and stuff but how have you been keeping yourself alive
1: yeah it's been a weird couple of years i moved here two and a half years ago so june will be two and a half years exactly um i did a lot of writing and stuff when i first moved here played a lot of showcases you know the typical nashville mm-hmm. bs and then uh yeah after that first year i'm in covid so half of my entire time here has been a shit show i haven't played a live show in over a year now wow uh, the one show that we had, had booked got canceled the morning of. Oh man. Um, so yeah, it's been a while since I've played anything for anyone. Um, yeah. Been writing a lot for personal work and yeah.
0: I didn't realize you had moved. So, you know, recently just a couple of years. Uh, yeah. where, where'd you move from?
1: Uh, Houston, Texas. Okay. Yeah.
0: So the music scene, uh, there, do you, what, how does it compare to Nashville? Do you like it, um, better here?
1: it's funny because it depends on who you ask I've been you know born and raised in Houston I would say it doesn't have a music scene um I know people would disagree with me f- for sure but it's really good for a couple things it's a big hip-hop uh town so there's a ton of hip-hop artists out there um and then it does really well with indie rock so there's a lot of bands out there that that I could name drop that are fantastic they're mm-hmm. great they're doing well you know they've done you know, pretty decent sized stores and whatnot. But I think for, unless you're doing kind of Texas country, the kind of stuff that I do just kind of, you know, sad white guy shit, uh, (laughs) Americana
0: music. I just don't think anyone really gives a damn about it in Houston. Um, But you find a lot of that here that's what uh, everybody here does right I, I, I like your i like i like your description of that sad sad white boy music
1: yeah dude it's so hard to i mean do what i mean what what do you say like i get asked every day oh, like what's the music like i'm like as ah, same as everyone else's. i just hope mine's better than the other guys yeah uh, it's the same damn thing though i'm not doing anything you know special i'm just uh i definitely write very specific to my own experience so i'm uh-huh. not sitting in a white room all day, just trying to make the next, uh, you know, popular song. It's a hundred percent autobiographical. And I hope that that is at least different enough than what other people are doing, even though
0: sonically it may be similar, you know? So you write a hundred percent of all your songs. Do you, uh, you know, co-write with people as well? Yeah. I mean, I co-write with, with people mostly for their stuff. I've, I've always been,
1: uh, way too picky about what I record and put my name on. Uh Um, if I'm going to put out there as my song and I'm sure that There's tons of co-writes that would go great. I've just never had a co-write where the other person gave me something that I was like, oh, yeah, that speaks to what I'm trying to write about personally, and I want it on my personal album. It's always just felt like, okay, you don't quite get it, what I'm going for here. Not in a bad way. It's just my stuff is so personal. It's always about a very specific event that Mm -hmm. happened to me. And so how do you have someone else help that? You know, I've had people kind of help flush out ideas, but... I mean, I've never used a single lyric from another person. It's just, really? yeah, it just never fit for me. Wow, okay. Um, I do a lot of writing with other people. Uh, I've had people have cut, you know, songs that I've written with them and written for them before. So, uh-huh. I enjoy doing that, man. I I prefer that. I, I really don't like writing for my stuff with other people. I really enjoy though when people bring me stuff they're working on and I can help flush out ideas. I, I think that's somewhat
0: of a strong point for me. Gotcha. Cool. Well, um, you uh. You have a lot of work out there I wanted to know when you started like actually recording um you know and getting in the studio and putting stuff out because I think there's stuff back from like 2012 2013 you put it on AP where did you where did you record all that did you do it yourself
1: yeah I actually did a pop record in 2009 um, oh wow yeah that was the first actual st- like I had a band in high school and we we did some recording but all that stuff is Hidden away in CDs somewhere uh, that no one will ever hear. You I don't actually, not Spotify. I've, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I actually found one of the CDs uh, when I moved here. Uh, as I was moving, I found a CD. It was a, my old high school rock band, which is fucking hilarious to listen to. Uh, but yeah, so I did a pop record very much like Gavin DeGrott, Jason Mraz in 2009. Uh-huh. Um, I was very much into the church world at that time. I was playing full time at churches in basically touring through the week, Texas and surrounding, we'd go play Oklahoma and Louisiana, that sort of thing. So I was playing during the week and then making sure I was back for Sunday to lead worship at a church. Um, and so the music was just very dishonest to who I think I really was as a human. And it just was, it just wasn't that great. It wasn't real. And so I deleted all that long story, got out of the church altogether and didn't think I would ever do music again. Um, and as a way of kind of processing leaving religion and becoming what I call a happy atheist, uh, I started writing songs just to help process that, uh-huh. which led to an EP called The Devil Made a Home. Uh, which I don't remember when I put that out, but I ended up tracking that in Austin with a guy named Brian Douglas Phillips, who's a damn good producer and songwriter himself. So yeah. I went out to Austin for a couple of weeks and uh, yeah, we tracked to his place and got... Drunk a lot with some good friends out there, and nice. uh, made an EP. And I didn't think I would any, do anything with it. I just thought, okay, everyone's heard my first album. Uh, I have to put something out so people don't think I suck, even if it's the last thing I ever do. At least it'll be a good thing to go out on. I didn't think I'd ever do a record again. Um, and then uh, a buddy of mine uh, who has a solo project called Slow Meadow in Houston, which is absolutely phenomenal. A guy named Matt Kidd, good buddy of mine. I. I hit him up cause I wanted to do kind of a, a project together. I loved the music he was making. And this is kind of before he had started putting his own records out. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, just let me sing on your stuff. Like it'll mm-hmm. be a little side project. It'll be great. So through writing and just being in the studio with him, it turned into him tracking a full length record for me. And that wow. record was just a bunch of songs that I had just kind of randomly written throughout the, you know, the next three years or whatever. So
0: it turned into a record called tell my father. Yeah. I was listening to that. Um, when I knew I was going to interview, I was like, I got to brush up on your stuff. And I, I like that record a lot. Um, Thank you. But um, I want to dive into kind of more of that. You're a worship leader and you left the church. Um, you know, we, we met over at Smokers Abbey Lounge where, where I've met a lot of the people that I've had on the show. Um, but shout out smokers. Yes. Shout out smokers. Abbey. (laughs) um, Great place sponsor me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Free cigars for all these (laughs) podcasts in the future. But, um, so what kind of was it in you that made you kind of flip the switch and be like, you know, I don't, I don't think this is authentic. I don't, I don't believe in it anymore. What, what was it an event that happened to you or what was it? Yeah. So (laughs) it's several events. I,
1: Basically, by most definitions, uh, I definitely call it this was in a involved in what I would consider a cult in college. Um, It was kind of Christianity on steroids. Uh, They controlled, I mean, every aspect of my life. They got me to break up a girl with a girl that I was in love with because they were like, yeah, she's not Christian enough. Like she's Christian, but not enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, They controlled the books that I read, um, who I could hang out with, who I couldn't hang out with, um, what I drank. I mean, literally every aspect of my life was controlled by these guys. I Was living in an apartment with a bunch of them, uh, and it just got got to the point where I, I just was like, "Man, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't, I don't like where my life is heading with these guys. I don't, I don't think this, uh, what they believe, is even accurate to Christianity." And so I went and talked to some of the main leaders, and they were, for the most part, fairly cool. But when I decided to actually leave altogether, I mean, I was completely blacklisted. I got kicked out of my apartment, uh, so I was essentially homeless, had nowhere to live. Uh, they all screamed at me and told me. I was a horrible person and all the bad things i'd done for the last year mind you i was like insane christian like Uh massive christian i mean the worst thing i had done was like hey man i saw that you had two beers last week instead of one uh and it was in the same town where you go to college like you need to leave three towns over if you're gonna drink alcohol like it was that kind of a thing that's crazy um yeah it was just really weird and so yeah yelled at me blah 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 so i i packed my shit and moved back to houston i was uh going this is when i was in college at sam houston and so, yeah, moved back to Houston, ended up having to move in with my grandma, just had nowhere to live. So mm. it was crazy. So at that point, I, I I wasn't leaving religion altogether, but I definitely was leaving that part of it. Mm. And then uh, what what legitimately set me on a path to becoming an atheist was, um, this is all very, this is going to sound like really sad, but not sad in a sad way, sad like, oh God, you're such a loser. Uh, I was 25 and still a virgin because I would you know, born and raised in Christianity. And I had sex for the first time with a girl that I was dating. Once I'd moved to Houston about a year after I'd moved there. Mm -hmm. And so after having sex for the first time, I I woke up and the next morning and all the things that I was told was supposed to be true about, you know, sexuality and um, what the Bible says about it for me, turned out to not be true at all. I didn't wake up and feel guilty at all. I didn't feel like God was mad at me. I didn't feel like I'd made some massive mistake all the things you're told that like your soul's going to be mingled with that girl forever or that guy forever. Like none of that was true for me. And I was like, I don't feel anything. Like I I felt like it was a thing that I did with a girl that I really like. Like we've been dating for a while. Like I just, none of the stuff that the church told me about sex turned out to be true at all in reality. And so that set me on a path of going, okay, well what else has the church and the Bible told me about reality? That's also not true. And so I started going, um, to bars and started sitting at the bar and talking having conversations with people who i would have in the past said these are horrible sinners uh they're at the bar drinking because they're running from god and they know god's real and they're just trying to like push that voice down with alcohol and then i realized like no man they're, they're just people like they're living trying to make sense of the reality that they're presented with and they're doing the best they can mm-hmm. uh, and i stopped seeing them as like horrible sinners but just and for the most part, really good people. They were more honest about who they were than anyone I've ever met in the church. Um, they were more authentic than anyone I'd ever met in the church. And so that view of just who non Christians were completely changed. And so after a while, um, I was just like, man, I just, none of the stuff that I was ever told about religion is true in the real world. It all makes perfect sense when you're in the bubble of Christianity, when okay. all your friends are Christians and all you do is Christian stuff. You only listen to Christian music and you only hang out with Christians. Like, yeah, all of their version of the world
0: makes perfect sense. But when you get into the real world where everyone else lives, none of it adds up. So let me ask you, you know, you were jaded by the fact that you were in a cult. You had all these rules and regulations, but... Um, what made you kind of decide that, uh, there was no God altogether though? What do you still believe in, in maybe something is out there? Maybe not the, the false advertisements that Christianity shoved down your throat, but do you think there is a, you know, a a chance that there is a higher power or anything like that? Or is that just completely gone for you?
1: Uh, I mean, it's,
0: I, 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 there's no evidence for it. You know what I mean? It's like, so you have to have you have to have like some proof to make you kind of be like okay yeah.
1: Well, the onus and burden of proof is on the people that made the claim. I'm not mm-hmm. making any kind of claim. I'm just saying that your claim is wrong.
0: Yeah. When you're
1: a religious person, and so if I said, hey, there's a purple dragon on the east side of Nashville, it's up to me to prove that to people, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I mean i I didn't leave that cult and think you know fuck religion, fuck God. Not at all. I was still very religious at Mm -hmm. the time. I still believed in God. I was still going to church. I was leading worship at churches. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my leaving of Christianity has nothing to do with me being screwed over by the church as much as I have been. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, after all that, and after I kind of realized that, yeah, just this, none of this really seems to make any sense. Um, I mean, for me, it was really a lot of reading. It was guys like Bart Ehrman who writes about the new Testament and how Poorly put together and flawed the bible is mm-hmm. um it was guys like richard dawkins um sam harris daniel dennett um christopher hitchens i mean those those guys after you know i'd read their stuff in the past but when you're in the bubble of religion it's it's easy to to kind of miss the point and so having read those when i was you know really questioning stuff it really opened my eyes and i was like man there's not a shred of evidence that there is a God outside of religious people telling you that there is one. Uh-huh. There just isn't. And so, uh, yeah, just nothing about the the story made sense to me anymore. And I realized like, okay, I've been believing this cause I was told it my entire life. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's no real evidence that I can go find on my own to prove that this thing actually
0: exists. So through your music, how has that, uh, helped you kind of, unravel some things in your own life what you write about what is like what what kind of songs have you written to be like oh okay this is kind of freeing to me is it is that a process for you when you write songs
1: yeah I mean I think making art in general is a fantastic way to deal with how you Feel about things and how you process things. So for me, it wasn't like I figured it out. So then I wrote a song about it. It was more like writing a song helps me figure it out. Mm-hmm. So if you go back to listen, you know, to Devil Made a Home, there's a lot of stuff on there that sounds like I'm a Christian doubting, gotcha. and it really wasn't true. I was I was pretty fairly an atheist at that point, but I wrote those songs as a way to help process getting through this stuff. You know what I mean? And so. Uh, I wasn't a religious person at all when I put the album out, but I I was still questioning a lot of it when I wrote this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there's, it still kind of sounds like, you know, I I was about to drop a name. I shouldn't say anyone's name. It sounds very much like people we know in this town who were very famous Christians who, who are like, they're known for being the Christian that's like, yeah, he's like so edgy and he doubts God, but he's like super religious. Like it's (laughs) such bullshit. And there's so many people like that. I was not that like at all, but writing you know about my experience with the religion really helped me to kind of solidify and get over it in a sense uh how i mean it's it's if you believe something up to the age of 25 and then out of nowhere you're like okay so all your friends are gone um you don't know anyone anymore because you only had friends in the church and they all left you Mm um i mean my views about everything changed and so if you go to that first album was really dealing with getting out of religion and if you listen to tell my father I mean there's a song called in my death the opening track is called death because I leaving religion leaving the church I had to figure out what I actually believe about the world now So, I'm, I was dealing with things like okay well what happens when I die now how do I feel about this and so that record very much is me kind of coping with okay I'm not a Christian anymore but how do I see the world right and so that led to I mean political protest songs on that album it led to relationship songs uh, me really like being screwed up with the fact that i messed up so many relationships because i was religious and i'm like man if i weren't a christian that could have been a really good dating relationship but i was so religious and put so many you know bs you know rules and regulations on it that it could have been something good and it wasn't so there's a lot of songs in there that are that are very much looking back and regret with how i dealt with you know girls that i dated and mm-hmm. friends that i had and um, yeah, there's a song that I called 10 Years, which is about me losing my best friend to that cult. I'd known him for um, since I was a kid, since like elementary school. And uh, he was one of the guys, I'd not you know, best friend. He was one of the guys that screamed at me and told me he wasn't a Christian anymore and blah, blah, blah. So I haven't spoken to him since I, you know, drove out of oh, wow. Huntsville, moved back to Houston. So there's a song on there that sounds like a love song, but it's really about me losing, you know, my best friend to a
0: cult. Wow, that's crazy. So let me ask you, have you found a, a good home in Nashville where you ha- are surrounded by people that you really find that are authentic? And, you know, I feel like since Nashville is the South and kind of the Bible Belt, um, you know, you are going to find a lot of, you know, religious upbringings, people like that. But are, do you find that people are pretty open here as opposed to where you've been before? Or what is it like?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably people that are like the people I dealt with in Houston, um, but in general, man, I, I feel like Nashville is so much more um, authentic in who people are. Even mm-hmm. the religious people just seem so much more authentic here. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, there's there's BS everywhere, but yeah. I mean, I, I've met people here that they just seem like really great people, and they're they're good guys and good girls that we hang out with. And then a couple of them are like, oh yeah, I'm also I believe that Jesus is God. I'm like, oh. Cool, that's cool, but they like they feel like real humans when you hang out with them, like yeah, exactly It doesn't feel like they're trying to sell me some b s every time I'm around them or like okay. I don't feel like they're they're holding back who they actually are for the sake of like behavior modification, which is what the church really does to people. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they're doing that. I feel like they are that is who they really are. they just also happen to believe in God mm-hmm. um and then you know. It is the South, but most people that live here are not from here, so exactly. there's, none of them are really Southern, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true, like, that's true. I don't know a lot of people, I don't know any musicians that live here that are actually born and raised from, in yeah. Nashville, so yeah, most of them that I know, I mean, they're they're pretty much atheists as well. Uh, I don't go seek out to be friends with people based upon their religious <laughs> views. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Nashville is, is just full of a lot of really good, authentic people, both religious
0: and non-religious. So, what's the next step for uh, steps for you? I can't speak. Um, for music are you gonna are you planning another record or uh, obviously it's all up in the air right now, but um, what are what is the next things that are gonna come out for you?
1: Yeah, so I, I tracked a record. I started a record in Houston right before I left and then finished the album here. We had some final vocals to do some extra parts. Uh, to finish, I actually finished tracking that in Nashville. Some really good friends, uh, like David Ramirez and Jamie Harris, came and sang on it in Nashville. Uh, we did some some really cool, you know, uh, extra instrumental parts, that sort of thing. So we finished the album in Nashville. Uh, a record called Hotel Rooms, and I've released three singles off of that so far. So the title track, Hotel Rooms, uh, it's on Spotify. There's actually a music video for that song that I shot with uh, a guy named Joshua in town. He's a fantastic photographer and video guy. Cool. Uh, so that's on YouTube and then I have a track called all in and then um love you well those are kind of three singles off the record the rest of the record is done honestly at this point I just can't afford to get it mastered that's oh, the only okay. reason I haven't released it yet so probably maybe later this year then I'm really hoping um kind of by the fall I'll have the funds to to finish getting it mastered and then actually be able to lease the record awesome uh yes yeah, so in the meantime I've just been kind of
0: mastering one track at a time and releasing it as a, a single so to speak that's cool yeah well man i've uh, really enjoyed getting to know you you know over the short few weeks that i've known you but um uh i really enjoyed this talk and thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk with me i, I kind of want to hear another live song if you want to play another one and kind of talk about it yeah
1: absolutely man i, I really appreciate it thanks for having me on sorry it was uh so heavy i talk about religion no, and stuff I, I, the whole time I,
0: I enjoy this uh this kind of stuff so.
1: yeah same um yeah i'm gonna play a, a new song i actually have not tracked this this is something new that um i've kind of written a couple of songs recently and me and andrew um my buddy andrew james is a great artist we've been kind of fucking around with some some of my stuff at his home studio and so this song is one that I've finished recently. Okay, so, cool. Excited to hear it. Yeah. Cheers.
2: How do I tell you that I think been so damn long that I know I sound crazy, oh, but the heart was what it wants, and I've loved, and I've lost, and now all I can say is I just want to love. So when I call It's because your new man's asleep with well, the booze kicks in You start to miss me Oh but the hard ones what dear ones in my